I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Burroughs Furniture is built for the way you live. From ensuring easy assembly and disassembly to honoring highly requested new colors for their award-winning seating, they always have their customers in mind. Their modular seating is made out of durable materials to last and grow with you. And with Burrow, you always get fast, free shipping. Get up to 60% off during Burrow's Memorial Day sale at burrow.com slash ACAST. That's burrow.com slash ACAST. Burrow.com slash ACAST. Welcome to the Watford FC Buzz podcast, the show where we talk about the greatest team in the land, Watford Football Club. My name is Matt Messiano, and this week I'm delighted to welcome back Jordan Weimer to the podcast. Now, Jordan, we've just finished watching the Bristol City game, and uh, for this game, it seems as though Vlad decided to mix things up a bit. He went for a 4-2-3-1. Now, for anyone that isn't sure about how that system really works, can you give us a, a quick overview of how the 4-2-3-1 would work and how it's different from what Watford have been playing so far this season? Well, it's one of the most common systems you're going to see and it's been popular for a while now in football. So there's nothing too different from uh, from a lot of teams and how they play. Uh, but from, in terms of how we've been playing, it's, it's quite a big shift just in terms of the um, the options going forward. You've got more of a, more of a balance between defence and attack. And I thought we saw that quite early on, actually. I thought from the off, we looked a bit more, uh, a little more balanced in how we could move up the field and get players into a more advanced positions. So, yeah, really, it's just the, the space in the pitch you're occupying and uh, it's kind of that nice blend between attack and defence, which we've maybe not quite found um, at, at points this season. Now, there were four changes to the side. Trus Dekong, Wilmot, Kapu and Sema all out for Ngakia, Cabaselli, Ghana and Kina. Um We'll talk about those guys in, in a minute, but I think, first of all, the, the person that we want to talk about is, is Andre Gray, because, of course, it was another starting appearance for him. And it was a formation that we felt as though might benefit him, but he struggled to get into the game somewhat. Talk us a little bit through that, Jordan. Yeah, I mean, I said on Twitter during the game, um, I've been a bit critical before of previous managers and if it's included in that for not really playing to to Gray's strengths. And not, not so much critical because I don't think necessarily playing to Gray's strengths are, are worth it in the sense that you build a attack around someone like a niche player like Gray and the rewards aren't often worth the, uh, the price you have to pay to do so. But... Yeah, I mean, in previous games, we we played a system which doesn't suit Gray in the sense that he thrives predominantly off latching onto them, then balls over the top. If he can if he can play just on the break, get on the shoulder of the defender, and then look to make chances from from those positions. And previously, we'd had a lot of uh, a lot of the ball in areas where he'd have to play with his back to goal, which doesn't suit him. We've seen that uh, over the years, especially in the Watford shirt. And tonight. Even though Bristol were happy to sit back, we, we did create space. And I think that change in formation did allow us to, to get those midfielders up and support a little bit quicker. Um, I thought we did a good job of keeping the fullbacks up pretty high too. So we actually had a lot of um, a lot of threat there. And Gray had the chances, 
but he he didn't he didn't do it. He just wouldn't. He he got into some okay some uh, positions. He started making some decent runs, but he he never quite got there. And his touch and his passing we've seen too many times before unfortunately it just didn't come off again um, and honestly it's quite hard to watch there's just a real lack of confidence uh, unfortunately a little bit of a lack of ability and just the execution is just not good enough so I think for Andre Gray that's a really disappointing performance and he had an opportunity to uh, to you know get a run of games there and unfortunately he's not even come close to taking that chance uh, I don't think there's going to be any thoughts in Vladimir Ivic's mind that, that Gray should be starting going forward with the return of um, with the return of Troy and Stipe I just, I just don't see it happening so yeah it's a big shame from Gray and at that points I think it really hurt us today both offensively and the lack of retention up front also hurt us defensively at times so yeah disappointing mm. In that first 45 Watford had actually the majority of the possession they had two thirds of the possession they made double the passes that uh that, that Bristol City made and they had double the shots as well be it none on target none on target from either side until uh, well into the second half but I mean what, what else can we pinpoint what this is disappointing first half on because it, we can't all lay the, lay the blame at the feet of Gray there are other players on the pitch who, who you know can presumably shoot it but no one was really getting shots on target particularly in that first half yeah, well, Bristol are happy to sit back and they did leave some space as we, we may exploit it in some areas. But I think, honestly, I think a big part of it is um, it's just the impetus and the attack. And I think we've, we were maybe a little bit pedestrian at, time, at times during, during that first half. Uh, we had a lot of the ball but getting it into those areas with pace is, is, is an issue for us. We Often we, we're kind of quite methodical and, and slow in our build-up and that's fine. There are times where you want to probe your position, you want to pull them out and sometimes you want to play that kind of slow tempo and then you hit them with the fast fast ball whether that's coming through Quina or, or Pedro but we didn't we didn't quite do that and I mean if you don't do that you're going to end up with them sort of performances where it is very laboring uh, I thought personally I thought Saar was very disappointing tonight um, especially in that first half he, he just didn't really didn't really take control of the game um, we've seen in recent weeks how he can occupy that right hand side and, and, and push on and look to be a threat from there especially when combined with Kiko behind him but he, tonight he just didn't really isolate those defenders he didn't he didn't attack the fullback enough and we made it too easy for them overall so I think a lot of it is just down to that that extra little spark of pace that we need and not just in, in terms of sprinting and running with the ball I mean just that pace on the ball when we're making them passes the gaps are going to be relatively small and the ball's got to come in quick so if if that's uh, a part of the game where we're advanced up the pitch and we've got strikers that are kind of occupying the box or trying to get to the edge of the box, they've maybe got their back to goal. Sometimes you've got to be able to get that ball in there quick. Yeah. Uh, and, and the first half, it, a lot of it was, um, was, was balls through to Andre Gray. And I think Queen did a, a, a good job, particularly in the first half, of finding those, those spaces. And he was occupying some good areas and he was playing some good balls. So I think he was quite unfortunate not to get um, more awards for his work there. And there's a couple of chances, I'd say, Gray's performance the first half particularly um, worth pointing out that just if it had just been a little bit more refined we could have easily taken a lead early on so it, it, it's a shame um, but we have to we have to be better in the situations because they're not going to be the only team that do that against us and we're going to have to be a bit more mature in how we approach them once yeah, you mentioned Queener there, and he was one of the players that actually stood out for me. I think he he, he was one of the changes, and uh, he, he, 
if, if you were to look at the stats, uh, probably one of the players in the Watford shirt that got on the ball most. Um, and he was the one that had the first shot on target for, for, for the Hornets in the 74th minute. It was a, it was a decent shot, but uh, it was also an equally good save from the Bristol City keeper. And, and you know, you'd like to think he could have done better, but to be honest, he, he hit it pretty well. And, and you know, it was a good save, really, wasn't it, Jordan? Yeah, it was a decent strike. He could have done a bit better, maybe, but it's easy to say that he hit it hard. He hit it with power, and I think a lot of times that would uh, that'd be a testing shot that ends up going in. Like he had a shot earlier on before that too, which was from the outside of the box, and it wasn't very far off at all. But I think mainly from an attacking point of view, obviously Queen can offer something from a goal scoring perspective, but something that he offers that other midfielders don't, which we we desperately need at times. Is that I think just as an example, there's a moment in this in the second half, where I believe it was uh, Troy Deeney was on the edge of the box, his back to goal and Jao Pedro is just inside and Queen had just cut inside kind of had a defender on his, on his shoulder and the, the easy ball looked to be to Pedro and you can't expect him just to lay it off into Pedro but he he actually just manages to get that little bit of space and play into Dini's feet early and that's the sort of difference that that sort of player can make because that's that changes just ticking possession over to actually starting an attack so having someone like Queener in there I think makes a huge difference to how how we operate and unfortunately him on his own doing that wasn't quite enough tonight but there are times where you add a little bit more into, into that attack and, and you could see that paying off I mean even our other best chance before that was he managed to clip a ball over to Ismail Saar on the right hand side and Saar put in his best action in the game and put in a good ball and it was unfortunate not to, to end up in more to, with more too so yeah I think from Queener, we do see where uh, where that threat can come from, particularly in those games where the opposition is going to sit back and kind of allow a little bit of pressure, and you need that that extra impetus in attack and that little bit of uh, extra pressure coming from midfield. So, I think he was a he was definitely a positive, probably the biggest positive coming out of that game. Mm. Um, so, I, th- I think going forward, especially if we stick to that that new four at the back formation, I think he's pretty crucial um, to helping that attack kind of gel. There was another uh, player that came in as well, Garner, who I thought needed to have a good game today, particularly with, with no Kapu. And uh, he had a hot and cold game, particularly with his free kicks that I didn't feel always hit the mark. Yeah, I think when you're looking at um, when you're looking at set piece takers, I, I think a lot of time you can have set piece routines, and it, it takes a special delivery and someone that's extremely consistent to to run those routines. I think with uh, someone like James Garner, he's just a good striker of the ball, and if you put a good if you put a good ball in, you, you're gonna uh, it's very cliche, but you put the good ball in, you're gonna have a good chance of scoring. And I think with Garner, I think he just looks to make that connection rather than aiming for a specific target. So I think that's kind of I don't think our our set pieces are particularly refined or or organised I think it's more of a case of if Garner can get a good ball in let's see what we can work off from there so every now and then you get one that he doesn't hit as cleanly as he as he can the others he gets a lot of tops in on the ball and he kind of makes that dangerous um, that dangerous trajectory which you, you want from a set piece but yeah I mean he, he offers something there I thought in midfield I thought he did a pretty good job he, he moved around he covered the ground quite well he's comfortable with the ball and he often is looking to receive the ball in, in deeper areas kind of closer towards his own goal which as a midfielder in, in a team that has a lot of possession you want to see so I thought um, I thought he did a pretty good job and put in a pretty mature performance so I haven't really got too many worries about him I think he's a, he's a decent compliment to midfield I think he'd look a lot better again next to next to Etienne Capu I, th- I thought Chalibur I thought Chalibur tonight just to touch on him quickly he, he did some some good things off the ball again as we're kind of used to we're kind of saying the same old things with Chalibur but I thought he gave away the ball a lot tonight uh, considering he wasn't under a ton of pressure 
them sort of turnovers can really hurt you in a game, especially if you are advancing up the field. So it's, it's something we need to see improvement on as the season goes on. You kind of think less and less that we're going to see that. Um, but out of the midfield three, I thought Garner and Quina were, were the better of the two. And I thought Chalaba still has um, a lot of work to do in, in some areas. Now, I said earlier, it felt, it felt like Quina uh, had potentially the most shots uh, or rather the most touches of the ball for a Watford play I don't have the stats to prove that or not but what I, what I what I did also feel was that um at the other end it felt like Saar barely got onto the ball at all for, for Watford and being one of the most creative and dangerous players for for for, for the Hornets it's uh, it was disappointing that he wasn't able to be used more more effectively yeah, and I don't know whether he's fatigued or if he's just wasn't feeling the game, but he just he didn't look he didn't look into it. And I mean, there are opportunities where we all know what Sar can do, and there are times where he was he was driving with the ball and he just kind of cuts back and he's he's you know walking and he's passing. It's just very very laboured, and there was a real lack of intensity to his game. And Ismail Sar is best. He comes with intensity because he has the physical attributes to to dominate in games. He's he's going to beat his fullback, and if you do that consistently, then you're going to create chances. And you have to actually attempt to do that at times. And there are occasions where he did, but it was always when it came to him rather than him looking looking for those positions. Um, and we've seen him operate on that that right hand side. And he's done a good job, and he's been been pretty uh, pretty potent with his with his delivery. And there's been a few in, you know a few off balls coming in, but for the most part. He's dangerous but I thought today especially when we had a lot of the ball there wasn't a lot of natural need there wasn't a lot of need to be that wide at times and when we had that ball in midfield especially when Queener was on the ball I thought you just wanted to see a little bit more from him coming inside and looking really looking to want the ball I mean if you're going to compare him to, to players that can dominate games if I mean someone for example like Jack Grealish they're always looking to get on the ball now they're very different players but there's an element that that runs true between those sorts of players that can change a game and that is wanting the ball as much as possible and if you're if you're a bit of a bystander in the game it doesn't matter how much a you have if you limit your touches on the ball you're going to limit your chances to actually create something so yeah I think we need to see a little bit more from him um, you can criticise you can criticise some choices of, of the coach or or whatever but ultimately the players on the pitch have to perform too and I think Saar was one that definitely didn't quite uh, live up to his potential tonight Now uh, we talked earlier about Gray and, and once uh, Gray came off he, Dini came on for him and um, the whole team changed to sort of support now what Dini adds to the team, which is more of the hold-up play. So, how did that change things for Watford, and, and and did you did you feel it worked? Well, as you say, Matt, things change in terms of how the players around him react. So that that's not that's not just due to how he behaves and conducts himself. That's that's down to how he plays. And if if you have Troy Dean on the pitch, then naturally, if you're if you're a winger that's playing off him, you're gonna you're gonna feel like you've got more of a chance of getting the ball if you play closer to him than if, say, Andre Gray was there. Andre Gray's play with his back to goal is is pretty poor, and he's not gonna do much in terms of uh, in terms of linking that um, that attacking threat. So when Troy comes on, you've got that. Extra, extra opportunity just to just to get around him and, and hopefully he's going to be able to take, take a touch and, and play you through so we saw a little bit of that um, it was very difficult for Troy to come on at that time I thought we we were kind of at that phase of the game where we, we were kind of labouring a little bit more and we just didn't really uh, didn't really look, look like we were going to apply that pressure um, as it happened after the penalty shout, I thought the intensity of the game rose for the last 10 minutes or so, uh, which we needed to see a little bit earlier, perhaps. Um, but 
that was really the turning point in terms of our attack. I thought we looked much more aggressive and it, it shows you what you can do with a little bit more intensity. Now, I understand you can't do that for a large phases of the game because it might hamper you at the other end, but there are times where you need to have the extra edge and when we do do that, we do look a much more dangerous side. I thought even when uh, Steve Pariccia came on, I thought, again, he yeah. came on with a bit of intensity. He chased down the ball. He was unfortunate to not play uh, Troy through, actually, at one stage. And those sorts of things are just little intangible things that you, you have to get out of your players. And, and games like that, it's cliche, again, to say, but you need that from your players. You have to have that intensity at times. And if you're going to play pedestrian football, then you're going to have pedestrian results, unfortunately. So a nil-nil was pretty fair, I thought. Um, considering how we approached the game in the end. Yeah, nil-nil, but it, it seemed like Bristol were happy with it. And uh, in fact, Semeneo, who uh, picked up the Man of the Match award this evening, was uh, was saying in his post-match comments that uh, he, you know, he, he thinks his team will take that one. And uh, you know, him, him, him himself actually was getting a lot of joy down Watford's right, it, you know, cutting in. And he put in a few decent attempts that just narrowly went past Watford's goal that they were really bright on the on the counter-attack in particular Bristol and at times I felt like uh, Watford weren't going to even get a single point today yeah I, I agree and I, I might be wrong but I do think at this stage of the season even at this stage of the season I do still think teams are looking at our team sheet and, and maybe being a bit too respectful because I, I do think we've got areas that could be exploited a little earlier in games I, I think Bristol could have actually come out to us a bit more I know that's how they play I know they don't they don't always want the possession in, in those areas of the pitch and they're happy to do that but I did think that we were there for the taking at times so I think we actually got a little bit lucky in, uh, in that from that perspective I do think as the season goes on if teams are doing the homework then they'll be looking to be a little bit more proactive against us and maybe that will favour us in some ways maybe we'd play a little bit better if we're forced into playing faster if you're under pressure then naturally you're going to be playing that ball a little bit quicker and things are going to open up at a different speed so yeah I think from from that perspective I can see Bristol being happy with the draw but if I was their manager I'd be thinking that they could have um, they could have maybe been a little bit more aggressive from the start and had some joy we move on to Preston North End now and it's uh, back home at Vicarage Road and it's a weird one Jordan because obviously there's no fans in the stadium but Watford have played a lot better at home this season than they have done away do you think it will it will feel better for them coming back playing against Preston at home because they they seem to have just enjoyed it more yeah, I think that's always going to be the case for us. I mean, playing away from home, if you take fans out of the equation, really what you're, what you're basing it on is just preparation. Um, I think a lot of that comes with playing at home when there are fans in the stadium too I think a big part of home advantage isn't just isn't just the atmosphere which obviously does help it's just that that preparation where you, you're at your own home maybe your club makes you a hotel but you have that system that you go through and you're very comfortable with it as soon as you start disrupting that for an athlete it, it becomes very difficult and it can, it can create little advantages for the opposition and and having having that home advantage especially I think during the pandemic even more so having that routine I think will help a lot so if we if we're comfortable doing that and we play better at home then yeah you'd hope we'd see some improvement but I think a lot of it will come now down to the next few days and working out how we're going to move forward as a side we need to settle the system I know we've got some personnel issues, especially with um, some of those that are missing tonight. We're not quite sure on on when they'll be back, but I think if we can if we can create like a foundation of of where we're going to play from and work out how's best to move forward, that would be ideal. I think the four at the back worked pretty well. Uh, Kiko wasn't as influential as he is on the right hand side at right wing back, but I 
to me there was nothing to suggest that he can't play left back adequately if it helps us um, if it helps the whole team so I think that's the, the main thing is if we can push forward and just kind of refine some of those areas I don't think we'll see Andre start on Saturday which will probably be a good thing for the side I hate to say it but I think it'll be a good thing for the side and if you can start with that balance and maybe get something early on then you can perhaps build from there I think Preston will be a tough test they're they're actually a good team I, I don't think it's gonna be easy at all but we do have the ability in the squad to perform but we have to we have to have a coach that is willing to to make them changes and, and be positive and we also have to have the player that are able and willing to execute so it will come down to that yeah, that's Preston coming up then. And uh, we were talking there a little bit about the, the formation that Watford played today, 4-2-3-1. Do you think that'll be the formation that they that they play ultimately against Preston? I think there's a, I think there's a good chance. It's, 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 it's impossible to say because Ivic clearly has favoured that, that three-at-the-back system predominantly down to personnel from what we understand um, but it depends maybe on, on the fitness of Ngakia I know he came off with an injury so if he if he is available then I would assume that we'll continue with the four I thought if you look, if you're looking back at that game, I think if Ivich Ivic goes back and watches that game, he'll think there are some positives to take from that in terms of how we how we played the ball and, and how we were able to keep possession in some more advanced areas. I think more more times than not, you have you have more joy in them attacking phases if you have that for the back system. Uh, just 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 in terms of how we play it. We haven't been particularly progressive um, with our back three. We we struggled in, in, in areas to to be an actual threat uh, in areas that we could be with the four. So I, I think there's a good chance to see the four at the back, but it will depend on a couple of uh, circumstances that are kind of out of our control at this point. How did you rate Ngakia's performance today? Yeah, I thought he did a really good job. I thought he was comfortable off the ball. I thought in possession he was he was sharp and he he looked forward early. He carries the ball really nicely. He's excellent carrier of the ball he offers something a little different than Kiko in terms of that progression at the pitch he's, he is more of a carrier and he, he doesn't quite have that delivery but overall he's he had a solid performance and I think having the ability to, to drop Kiko and move him over and still have Ngakia as a, as a replacement to me that's the strongest position in the team uh, when two of your best players in the pitch are right backs it, it tells you how strong they are so yeah I think he, if he was, was to be injured that would be a huge miss um, and we'll have to Reshift some of the some of the positions and see how we can push forward. But hopefully, fingers crossed, it's not too bad. Okay, so um, Preston North End coming up, and then the next home game will be Saturday, the fifth of December. Watford versus Cardiff City, and most importantly of all, Jordan fans are going to be allowed back, at least in some capacity, inside Vicarage Road. How big is that going to be? Yeah. It's huge to the fans I think it's, it's it's great to see but obviously there's so much between now and then it's hard to know how it's going to play out and it, it's, it's, it's a lot of uh, it's a lot of distraction away from football and I mean ultimately fans want to be in the stadium but they want to be in there safely so fingers crossed we can come up with a solution as, as to as to how we, we do that in the correct way um, yeah I mean it's it's a tough one to comment on really there's just so many so many variables at this point yeah it's going to be 4,000 socially distanced fans which I think the club can manage so it should be the maximum that we're allowed but uh, it seems though it's going to be a balloted type of affair to, to, to see if you can get your ticket but some people will still probably be wary of, of going I mean Covid's certainly not gone away by any means it, you might see some people preferring to, to stay at home so I'm sure the the, f the club will be keeping up the hive at live and all of the video coverage so 
you know, it's certainly going to be still a portion of the fans watching it via via the video streams. But um, to have at least a some portion of fans inside the stand, it, it's going to make atmospheres a little bit better, isn't it? And, and there will be at least some cheering and perhaps not the need to have the artificial uh, cheering, which uh, has really been annoying me when I've been watching games. Oh, 100%. I mean, to me, the, the, I think one of the issues with just engaging in the season in general for a lot of people has been the lack of fans. It's just the stale atmosphere, the kind of training ground, friendly atmosphere that comes with having no fans in the stadium. It just it just changes the tempo of the game. I mean, that's even even possibly worth commenting on uh, in, in regards to the actual performance tonight. I mean, if you had that sort of performance with, with a decent away crowd and following the team there, there are times in the match where just that extra kind of push you get from those and that, that intensity that comes from the fans and especially the away fans kind of pushes pushes the team on in moments to kind of maybe take some risks and take some chances they wouldn't normally so it has an effect on the game it's undeniable and and even from a from a viewing perspective whether you're there live or whether you're having, having to watch uh, through Hive Live or Sky you, you do feel like you're missing something and I think this it's been a big loss obviously uh, not having fans is a huge loss and I think from an entertainment perspective yeah it, it kills it honestly and it's, it's very difficult to engage at times so having fans back could be great and and yeah I mean if you're going to the game and you if you feel comfortable to do so then I'm sure it's going to be a, a nice change yeah and great to have them back for one of the most important parts of any season the sort of December running particularly in the championship when it's always usually got more than a few games in, and this season more than probably most eight fixtures for Watford in December I mean that, that is it's back to back isn't it yes yeah, mental I think that's yes yeah, so we have to look at these games and you have to you have to analyse the games individually but it's a, it's a different way of, of viewing them as when we're in the Premier League. I mean, when you're in the Premier League, you, you look at your fixtures and you, you can kind of almost write off the top six in, in terms of they're not games you're ever going to call must win unless it comes down to it at the end of the season. That they're, they're games that you kind of hope you get something from and then you break down them other fixtures individually and, and work out kind of how you can how you can get points over the course of the season. With the Championship, it's that with every single game and there's more of them. So it's more of a marathon than a sprint and it's just working out how you can uh, how can you can accumulate those points over, over a group of games. So yeah, that eight fixtures in a month means it's going to be pretty vital for us um, if we can keep if we can keep churning that results and, and show some incremental signs of improvement then I think we'd be pretty, pretty happy with it excellent stuff that's the voice of Jordan Weimer there Watford Analytics on Twitter and you can follow him there for some top Watford insight at Jordan Weimer W-I-E-M-E-R and uh, we look forward to having him back on the show in the future Jordan Weimer then and uh, that's the end of the show it's just a shortened one just the post comments really after that Bristol City disappointment but we move on to Preston North End on Saturday and hopefully Watford can pick up another three points and get themselves back on a good footing that's it from me then from Matt Messiano from Jordan Weimer it's been the Watford Buzz podcast see you next time Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. 
Cool fact, a crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Also, you can get health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage for you. Learn more at UH1.com. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. 